Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. I'm really excited for today's episode because we don't always have two people on the on the podcast at the same time, but today we do. I'm joined by uh, Kristen and Mara. I will let them give their intros uh, so we can get into the, the meat of the conversation. So uh, Kristen, let's start with you. Welcome. Thanks, Jared. Kristen McGovern. I am a partner at Serona Strategies. Serona Strategies is a DC-based healthcare lobbying and consulting firm. Um, today, I'll be talking with you about our activities related to value-based care. And uh, Mara, I'll turn it over to you. Great. Thanks. I'm Mara McDermott with McDermott Plus Consulting. Uh, McDermott Plus Consulting is not the same McDermott as me. We're affiliated with McDermott Will and Emery's law firm. And we are likewise a healthcare policy consulting and lobbying firm based in Washington, D.C. And we support many clients across the value-based care continuum, um, including coalitions and, and groups that work to advance value-based care policy here in D.C. So it's great to be with you, Jared. Looking forward to the conversation. You mean I'm not speaking with the McDermott? <laughs> well, the McDermott, just in a different way. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm like, um, all right. Well, by the way, I see, I've been seeing McDermott everywhere, like every event. Well, I think also because JP Morgan Healthcare Week's coming up more, you know, there's a lot of things going on with that, but um, kudos to, to, to what both of you are doing on the marketing front. Uh, great. Well, let's, let's dive into something I'm really excited about for both of you. And as we were chatting in the, the beginning of just before the recording, your, your event coming up. Can you tell, uh, Mara, well, uh, why don't we start with you and then we'll kick it over to Kristen this time. Uh, tell us about this event coming up um, in, in the value-based care space, uh, how, how things are looking, and you know, feel free to share the level of uh, anxiety, excitement around uh, this event coming up. Let's, let's be real. Sure. So maybe I'll start with a little bit of the history and then turn it over to Kristen to talk about the fabulous lineup of speakers that we have for this year. Um, as Kristen mentioned, and I mentioned in our intro, we spend a lot of time educating staff on Capitol Hill and working with the administration and other stakeholders in Washington, D.C. And what we've observed is that there, there are, uh, that there's a wide variety of knowledge about what value-based care is. Like that term even has different meanings to people. And so what we sought to do last year was to create an event that really like brought people to the table whether they are, you know, sort of kindergarten level or executive MBA level <laughs> value-based care, um, knowledge base. And um, so we kicked off Healthcare Value Week when there was a lot of concern and questions around the direct contracting model in particular. And I think ACOs, accountable care organizations more broadly as really a vehicle to educate the broader public. So for that reason, we've, um, we keep the registration free. So if your audience is looking to, to join, they can just go ahead and register, sign up and check it out. We keep the videos of the content up for, I think, six months after the event. So there's just a phenomenal educational opportunity. We had really strong interest and enthusiasm last year from a wide stakeholder community, including the business community and government and um, others, I think we you know, sort of hadn't expected to hear from. So that's just a little bit of the context. And then I'll hand it over to Kristen to talk about what we have lined up for this year. Uh, thanks. So we are bringing Healthcare Value Week back for a second year. Our intent, I think, is to make this an annual celebration um, going forward. As Mara said, um, we started this last year um, with the idea that there needed to be or, or could be an opportunity for further education about the wide range of value-based care um, models and tests going on all across the country. 
Um, this year, um, we have tried to build on what we did last year. Um, so Value Week has historically included a virtual programming component along with a social media engagement um, opportunity. Um, so for the virtual programming um, this year, we've brought it all onto a single platform. So there will be um, three days of content um, available uh, and then also um, some separate content behind the paywall for um, VIP registrants. Um, so Monday, um, we will kick things off Monday, January 23rd. Um, we will have keynotes from a number of government speakers, including the CMS administrator, as well as the director of the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation. We also have a really exciting panel that I wanted to highlight on that day of former government officials from both sides of the aisle. So we have um, a panel will be moderated by Mark McClellan um, uh, and will include Andy Slavitt, who was of course a former CMS administrator, Adam Bowler, former director of the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation, Seema Verma, former director of Medicare, um, and Jean Lambrew, who held several um, high profile positions at the White House um, under previous Democratic administrations. So we're really excited about that panel. And those folks will really talk about where we're going in the future and where they see the future of value-based care. Um, so after that first day on Monday, um, we'll move into two other days of content. And uh, loosely, I would say our uh, content on Wednesday will be structured sort of um, at least from a keynote perspective around the Medicare value-based care opportunity. And then our content on Thursday um, is going to be structured around the Medicaid um, and other, other value-based care markets. So we do have a number of other high-profile government speakers, um, but we've also really tried to highlight the innovation in the private sector on a number of topics. So we have topics on kidney care, we have topics on data. So what data is needed to support a range of different models. We have several sessions on um, a number of different accountable care organization models. So the Medicare Shared Savings Program, the ACO REACH Program, we have a Medicare Advantage session. So that's really focused on what innovation is occurring in the Medicare Advantage market um, and a number of primary care sessions. So really um, a really robust, I think there's 17 or 18 uh, concurrent sessions running across the three days in addition to the fireside chats and the keynotes. So we have a really robust agenda um, that focuses on a range of different topics related to value-based care. And we're really excited about the, the folks and organizations that will be represented on the agenda. So that's just a snapshot, um, uh, but uh, you know it's all coming together and we think it'll be a great, really valuable event for people to really deepen their understanding of the, the value-based care landscape. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a great event. Big names too for 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 some of these panels, um, which is incredible that you were able to to get these. It's the hardest part, right? Is getting all these people together and and uh, to be able to dedicate some time to talk about the topics that are near and dear to them. So this is going to be super exciting. I'm happy for for both of you and kudos for you putting this together. Um, so they're going to talk about, you know. Their, some of their predictions and what they're seeing um, with, within the healthcare uh, landscape, right? Specifically, the value-based care. I want to hear the two of the two of you your predictions for for 2023 and beyond uh, here today. Why don't we kick it back to, to Mara, and then we'll go back to you, Kristen? Sure. So I think in a lot of ways, what what we saw in the landscape in 2022 was sort of a strange year for value-based care from a policy perspective, where 
um, the administration was making investments in the Medicare Shared Savings Program, in the development of ACO Reach, in kidney care and other models. Um, but it it all felt a little bit precarious because of the criticisms coming from Capitol Hill. And I think that in 22, we were able to address a lot of those concerns, certainly not all of them, but a lot of those concerns, putting us on more str strong and stable footing for 2023 for some um, hopefully more productive policy making that really articulates the vision and the enthusiasm around value-based care. We are expecting another look at everybody's favorite uh, law, the Medicare Access and Chip Reauthorization Act, MACRA, which created those incentives for value-based care five or six years ago at this point. Um, so we're really bracing for that and seeing some good opportunity to engage and create new uh, uh, sticks and carrots around that move to value. Um, we are still, I think, watching for the Biden administration to put out some more models, and we're looking to the private sector to see where the employer community comes in, where the health plans come in, you know, sort of where do we see some of that other leadership around advancement of value-based care models. So I think it's going to be an exciting year in 23. Yeah, I agree with everything that Mara said. Um, I think that looking to 2023, again, it'll be important for stakeholders to continue to um, educate their elected officials about the work that they're doing in their communities. I think one of the things that really came to light in 2022 is that, you know, certainly as we were sort of hunkered down during the pandemic years, um, but per perhaps even before that, um, you know, it's important to communicate in terms that people understand, you know, people as in patients out there, but also policymakers and others that aren't immersed in this every day about the important work that is going on in communities and why that work is occurring. Um, you know, why we're um, innovating and testing and trying to move away from the fee-for-service system. So I expect that that education and, and work um, for Capitol Hill policymakers, but also, uh, you know, administration officials and other partners um, will continue throughout 2023. I do think that there will be an increased focus on Medicare Advantage in 2023, um, particularly as enrollment in the Medicare program, you know, maybe even tips over 50% in Medicare Advantage in the near term. Um, most of our focus on models to date, not all of the focus, but most of the focus on models has been in fee-for-service. Um, and I think we will start to see perhaps an increased focus on um, the successes that have been occurring sort of under the radar um, to some extent in Medicare Advantage over the years. Um, I think that the administration, uh, just shifting to, to the executive branch for a second, I think the administration is going to continue to remain committed to value-based care, as Mara said, put out some new models, um, you know, potentially related to things like dementia care, um, maybe bundled payments, uh, evolution of the, the work that they're already doing on bundled payments. Um, and, you know, I think that that work will serve as a foundation, but there will be a lot of innovation that continues in the private sector, even as CMMI, the Innovation Center, lays, lays sort of a foundation. What, what do you think still needs to happen, both of you, as it relates to medical education uh, of value-based care? Because I know it's getting, it's, it's better than it was in years past, but I still see you know, as, as value-based care to continue to take the necessary steps forward, um, we, we need to really make sure that our, you know, physicians and other healthcare professionals are continuing to be trained uh, appropriately on value-based care at the earliest points in their careers. Um, do, do you two feel the same? Are you seeing, you know, wh where are you seeing 
medical education today versus where it was a couple of years ago on something like value-based care? Yeah, I, I'll start. Um, I, I think, you know, certainly there has been strides in medical education on population health. Um, historically, medical education has taken a very patient-centric approach, and we know that to really succeed in some of these models, you have to look across your patient panel and make sure, you, you know, that your patient panel is getting their immunizations and their annual wellness visits and, um, and take a, a holistic sort of cross-panel approach. Um, so I think that that will con will continue. Um, I also um, think that and, and I'm hoping that um, population health education efforts ramp up across other clinicians and other specialties and even including administrative staff, because I think that those staff are really critical. Um, you know, they're the ones pulling the lists of the patients that need the flu shots and they're the they're the ones, um, you know, really doing sort of the initial work in consultation with the physician. So I would hope that we could deepen efforts on value-based care education with other types of clinicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, medical assistants, um, care managers, and, and those types of, um, of healthcare workers. I don't have a lot to add to that, except for to say that I think some of our speakers at Value Week are going to be touching on that topic of how do you bring younger physicians into value-based care, whether that's during their you know, sort of formal medical education or shortly after as they're entering kind of the workforce and thinking about their options, evaluating what might be available to them. Um, I know that we've got a couple of sessions in particular about the primary care workforce and you know, sort of what they're seeing as they expand into new communities. So we just encourage everybody to keep an ear out for that during Value Week as well. As we, as we wrap up here, I'd love to just quickly hear any other events that should be on people's radar that, you know, maybe you're somewhat involved in or even ones that you're just excited for that you aren't involved in, uh, kind of what's what's next on the horizon? Yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, you mentioned JP Morgan. I, I hope to see some of your listeners there. Um, we've got a Medicare Advantage event coming up in April, a hospital at home event that uh, Kristen Kristen's firm and my firm are, are both going to be involved with um, in mid-May, I think May 16th, although don't hold me to that. Um, and then we'll be gearing up for another Value Week before you know it. So I would just say for any of your listeners who are interested in participating in those events, they should certainly reach out. We've got lots of speaking opportunities and other ways to get engaged. And it's it's not too late um, to get engaged with Value Week. As Kristen mentioned, there's a ton of social media opportunity and other ways to support that work and... and um, continue to keep that movement going. So excited to connect with your folks as we move into 2023. Yep. And the other thing I would add is, in addition to the um, events that Mara mentioned, is that we do both run several coalitions and those coalitions from time to time hold webinars or other um, other sm smaller scale events. Um, and, you know, again, if you're interested in any information about any of uh, the coalition work or any of the events that the coalitions might be hosting, um, please reach out. Perfect. Thank you both. Um, well, I'm so glad we were able to have you here today, and I'm really excited for your upcoming events and, and other events on the horizon. And hopefully we can have you come back on again real soon. Great. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared.